Hey everyone, this is episode 14. This is where I interview Chente Robles. He's the owner of Prodigy T Screen Print Shop. This is a hardworking man and his work ethic is insane. He talks about it here in this interview of how he went from just operating a machine at a print shop in San Antonio to actually owning what is now Prodigy T Screen Print Shop here in Laredo. So I hope you enjoy it. I know it will inspire you. Don't forget, share the show. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Google Podcasts. Thank you. And once again, enjoy the show. something that you're really good at let me say that because if you find something that you're really good at it's gonna hard to it's gonna be hard to give it up you get me because passion passions all you're always gonna love it you get me but if you're good at something and people credit you for stuff it's kind of like that makes you feel good you get me so when you get good at something it leads it you're gonna want to get better and get by the time you know it you built a craft that that makes people like, oh wow, this guy is really good. All right, guys, so this is the Happy Oscar show. It's episode 14, and I'm here with uh, Chente Robles. Here at the Prodigy Tees. Welcome, welcome to the <laughs> shop. It's a Prodigy Tees shop. Hey, so I'm gonna catch up with you right now. Um, the last time I hung out with you, dude, you were still at your garage, right? That's been the story of my life, in the garage. Yeah, in the garage, printing. Um, but no, man, thank you for having me here. And I wanted to come here because I didn't want you to go home to my house because I wanted to see, be in the dream that you've made reality man and, and I'm not a real friend yeah no <laughs> uh only yeah only jeffrey and yeah and those guys pablo the funny ones no that's good hey but um no thank you for being here man uh or for letting me be here so we're gonna start so this show is about the journey um i usually interview people right from all walks of life from photographers to business owners to um, even Catholic, like I interviewed a Catholic priest, right, Father Joe, and um, it's all about the journey. So it's not necessarily like, oh, give me your trade secrets. Like, no, it's not for your competitors oh, to, to yeah, 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 to chime yeah. in and 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 try to catch up to to your success. But so it's about the journey. So, um, yeah, tell the listeners that are, you know, just paying attention right now who you are, man. Yeah, man, I'm just Vicente Robles with the dream. Uh, actually, I started off by. Uh, when I first moved to San Antonio, I had no job. I was from job to job, didn't know really where to, I couldn't find myself until I, uh, the way I got into screen print, it's kind of funny because I had to lie my way into screen print. I had to say, had experience when I didn't and just took a chance. And I actually, they'll probably end up seeing this later because I have a lot of the ex-employees that work with me, but at Baseball Express and Team Express, I yeah. started printing numbers. And I lied to them. I told them I had experience in screen print. And 
they were looking for full time. They don't allow part time guys, so I had to get a job and to put foot on the table, and that's how it started. How I, long I, ago? This was back in two thousand nine. So you're talking about nine years? Yep. In the business, in and the this business. was um, over in San Antonio. I remember yeah, you said it was at Team Express, and uh, it was it was a company that's it was kind of like on eggshells. It was between owners, and they were switching different people, different banks would buy the, the company. So it wasn't a secure job, but I lasted there three three years. I lasted there three years, and, and, and what got me intrigued was when I did my first job, it was for Snoop Dogg. Uh, we, we started printing their uniforms for the Snoop Dogg League up in California. And I guess it was something really big that kind of the, they made an article as far as Oh, Baseball Express, top screen print, doing uniforms for for artists up in California and these leagues and stuff like that. But one of the things that got me really into it was my boss, uh, Mr. Arduello, Bass Arduello. He mentioned something that the neat thing about this was we were a sports company. We would create uniforms. So the good thing was seeing these kids wearing the uniforms that we actually produce. Yeah. Me being a big sports fanatic. Uh, football, basketball, baseball, just in general, that's kind of like what kept me close to sports. You get me? And it was through uniforms. Yeah. And slowly but surely, I started getting better and better, and I started off with numbers, and then they started cutting hours. And and by one of our managers, Sandra, she actually told me the only way you're going to stick around is by learning a little bit of everything. So sure enough, I was that little work rat that didn't want to go home so i had to put in the time because i needed to put food on the table right and i had to learn how to print logos and then i started learning how to clean screen so the older guys that were there for a long time already they didn't want to be there they didn't want to work overtime so i was like hey just teach me and you can leave early i'll work for you this day yeah and by the time they knew it our manager started seeing that i was always there and i was always the guy stepping in for somebody that wanted a day off so I kind of learned. That's how I learned my business. And little by little, I started learning from everybody that was there for more than three years, four years. So. And when when did you, and doing that, right, you were in San Antonio. When did the thought of, like, hey, I want to own my own screen printing business? Actually, the thought came growing up just because my dad had a construction company. You get me? And my dad was one that, I'm not going to say, he dropped out of high school freshman year. So, and then from there, went into the construction business, and then he traveled. He went to New Jersey, Wisconsin with his family members up there, and ended up coming back down to Laredo and started a family, whatever, married my mom, and then he had his own construction company. So, that's kind of something that I've always had in me, like yeah. from my dad, was the whole business part of it. Yeah, being an entrepreneur. I would work with him in the summers, but it wasn't something, I never... I always said now to myself, I should learn construction because it will pay you a job if you know what you're doing. But I never picked it up. I didn't like it. It was it wasn't something that yeah. kind of got my attention. So I would do it to help him out, and plus my dad would pay us a little bit extra just because we were his kids. So right. all his workers would get four hundred bucks. We would get four fifty, five hundred bucks. So that was a good thing about working for my dad. That's for good. So. I've been seeing that in the guests I've interviewed where most of them saw it from like their grand, either it was a grandfather or the dad. So I want to, I want to ask you like, uh, your work ethic, right? Because you said I was the guy that would stay 
after hours and just work while you were at Team Express. Mm. Uh, what do you think um, led to you being like that as a, as a, how old were you? You were a teenager or what, or 20s, early 20s? Uh, I was 1920. Yeah. No, actually, I was 20 years old. Yeah, when I started, I was 20 years old. And, and so I was young, you get me? And if y'all are watching this, I wasn't this big back then. But <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, it, was, it was easy. It was motivating, especially, like I said, what caught my attention was actually doing the uniforms for all these kids. Yeah. And then I, well, when I had my son, I was always at the fields, and I would see kids wearing uniforms that we actually screen printed. Yeah. At our shop, you get me, and it was fun. You get me. You see these kids; they they take they take pride in the uniforms. You get me. When you get your new uniforms, I remember coaches when I would play, open up the boxes, and you're ready. You get your cap, your jersey, and baseball and stuff like that. So it was something that caught my attention because I was getting a little bit the best of both worlds, sports, right. and I was learning to do something different that I I liked, and I just got good at it. It's not something I love because yeah. I love sports. But it's something I really got good at, and and like I said, through work ethic. You give me yeah. construction wasn't my thing, but this was. You give me the art, because I always had that passion for art. I just couldn't draw this in my life. Right. This was my. This is my art. This yeah, is my and form. and this uh, I want to describe it right to the listeners that are, they might know screen printing, but they might not know it, and and I could describe it just seeing you work over the last couple of years right, that I met you and I went to the shop. A couple of times there at the garage, like it's taxing on the body, man. Like it's uh, you were telling me you were get back aches and and with uh, how many? What's the most amount of shirts you printed in a day? Um, over there at Team Express because they had high volumes, right? Yeah, we would we would have high volumes. I remember the most we would print, and it was numbers again, but it was for the YMCA, which is a boys club, boys and girls club here in Laredo, and in San Antonio it's called YMCA, and they had their sports league. And they would go and they would take, I remember we did an order of 5,000 uniforms. And it was for, every team had 12 jerseys in it. So what we had to do is get kind of little boxes, right. separate all the 12 jerseys. And then we lined them up. All the numbers that were going to go in white, there was like 30 yeah. teams in white. 30 teams with black numbers, 30 teams with yellow numbers. So it was just, and it was nonstop all day, all day, all day. And... That's kind of where the work ethic came from. You get me? It was yeah. competition. Like, screen print, in a way, can relate. And I'm sure any other business, if, yeah. you look at it, if you have that competitive in you, it becomes a competition. You get me? You get it on automatic, you're going to compete. How many shirts can you do without without messing up? How many shirts can you do uh, without stopping? How many shirts in an hour can you do? Yeah, you're, like, challenging yourself. Yes, you challenge yourself. And actually, that's how I got the best. when I When I became the supervisor later on, my in the career that's how i would get the best out of these guys that were working for us yes you know what we would make a competition like on a thursday you get me and then friday we would have a little bonus yeah you get me but we would make these guys compete at the same time that we're printing quality work but because it's automatic it's not like by hand you mean by hand it's yeah yeah, man and i saw that i want to talk about you building this business right prodigy t's like um you started with a manual printer which is, is right here in the room and then you have this big machine right that's uh automatic right it prints out the the shirts a lot faster mm-hmm. uh connect that like you get to laredo right you came from san antonio did you own this manual printer already yes i got the manual printer back in 2012 
and I was at this time I was already working for another company called Stitchmaster. Yeah. And I think that's where I realized, you know what, I can make this. I can make this work. Because this guy, the owner from there, he was from Mexico. He was from yeah. Torreon. And the guy was one of those guys. He knew how to do everything in that shop. So if somebody missed, he would replace them. The owner would. You get me? But he had people at every, every spot. At this time, I already had my experience with an automatic. I already had an experience with the manual. So I yeah. went in there telling them, oh, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. And he was like, all right, prove to me. I'm like, all right. So me knowing my work ethic and knowing that I know how to do this stuff, I told him, okay. I go, what's the, mo- like, what's the pay rate? I was already getting paid $11 at Team Express when yeah. I started off at 9. And the guy tells me, he goes, I'll start traffic at 9. When you show me you can you can do the work, I'll I'll bump you up to 11. And sure enough, that's that's. And then, I, so how much was this, the first manual machine you bought? Is this the first one? Yes, this was the first one. It was a silver press. It's still the probably the lower end of beginner presses. Um, but this press has been with me from one shirt to You won't to get shirt. rid of it? <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting rid of it right now. Um, how much, I, and the reason I ask how much, it, like how much is the, that machine? Right now you can probably find it $1,500. How much has it produced in terms of, of dollars? And just give me a ballpark, but it already paid for itself a long time ago. It actually paid itself after my second job. After your second job, right? Yeah, I got an order from this guy, and it happened being that my boss ended up knowing that I bought a screen print press and I was printing afterwards. After work, I would leave the shop and go print at my house. Yeah. And there was this client that he turned down. He told me, hey, he has a lot of work. You want to help him. Maybe you can knock it out and you'll get extra money. And sure enough, I was like, all right. So I ended up messaging, hey, I have a press. I work for this guy. He told me to reach out to you. That he couldn't do the job, but maybe I could do it for you. But the only thing is I print at nights. And he was like, all right. So he ended up bringing me an order of 600 shirts. Totally and a little bit over, I want to say it was a little bit over, again, it was contract printing. You get me? It's not like I'm selling, I'm making a sell to him. Yeah. He was a middleman. So I was charging him the lower end. So I made a little bit over with the machine and everything that he yeah, came man. with. You get it, me? And this was, again, this was my second job. So by then I had already made my money back. Yeah. And, but man, I remember working actually at my father's garage because I was, I was, that was the only place I had a garage. And I lived in the apartments on Fortin in Blanco. Yeah. And my father-in-law lived in the south side of San Antonio. So every time I had jobs, I had to travel 20 minutes. So I remember sometimes it was it took a toll on my wife and my kids because I would have to go print at my mother-in-law's at night. And it happened to where, you know what, I'm, we're not going to make it home. So I would take my clothes, go wouldn't go to sleep till like 5, 6 in the morning, wake up, shower, and just go back to work. And they would stay there. Dude, no, and I know you're about to actually work right after when we finish this. You're about to print, and you said how many shirts? I think 700? Yeah, we, we have 700 shirts. 700 out. shirts. and They just placed so, the order on Monday. So, so man, no, thank, thanks for, for making time yeah. right for this. And that's the, that's, the, that's the consequences of putting in the work. You get me? I mean, we were able to, we took a chance and got the automatic. A lot of people say there's not enough work in Laredo for that automatic. You know what? There's enough work for everybody. Because I don't have a competition. My only competition is myself. Cool. You get me? If I don't put the, the, the time and effort into my craft, I, I, I lose out on my on, on my stuff. You get me? I'm yeah. not really worried. I'm actually open arms to everybody. Like, anybody I can be helped to. Hey, and that mentality, I want to tap into that. That mentality of, like, my only competition is myself. 
it's it it didn't start in screen printing i know you were an athlete right before this tell, tell me about that yeah, like so you no know, actually i mean i got to experience the college life i went yeah. to kingsville played football ended up giving that up and then i came back and played baseball at lcc just gave that up. I mean, dude, why'd you quit? What or why? Not quit, but why'd you get out? This is gonna lead over to. That's fine. Let it lead wherever it wants. It's gonna lead over to the sports side of myself. But actually, one thing that we lack in Laredo is a lot of self knowledge to parents and to these athletes at a young age. And the reason I say that is because we're not prepared. We're not prepared for the the college schedule. You get me. Everybody oh, like once every, once they go there, it's a... Yeah, it's a whole different mentality. That's why a lot of athletes come back because they're not prepared. Here, we're pampered by our parents. We're pampered by the teachers. We can get away with stuff. Right, Coaches, okay. everybody takes care of their athletes. Okay. Which is not wrong, but again, it hurts an athlete in the long run. And the reason I say that is because once you get to college, 6 a.m., 5.30 to 6.30 a.m., you're up getting breakfast, getting ready to go to workouts strength and conditioning in the morning and then you got to plan you you go to strength and conditioning you get out and you got to shower get ready for class at nine yeah you get me from nine to two those are your class times and then from two you take lunch and then you got to go to film study right go to film study get out you got to go to get your ankles taped get ready for practice start practice at 3 30 4 to 6 37 and you got to get out of practice shower go have dinner and then come back to study hall and then me with the coaches again. Dude, so it was a shock to your system. It's a shock to everybody that leaves Laredo. What, 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 so you were, where'd you play here? In Nixon. Nixon? And then what, you the got? Mighty Mustangs. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Let me just throw it out there. We never lost. In I six know, years. that, that in was. six years. That you were all there, you were there for all four so years? So whoever's listening, y'all can't say y'all beat me. <laughs> and football. Hey, what'd you play? What, what? Middle linebacker. No, I so see. You were just hitting people. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you like that? It, it, it was. It was. It was something else. It's man. I miss it. And that's and now. I we understand as as we get older, we realize what why coaches tell you don't skip a rep. Yeah. Don't miss a practice because once you're out of high school, you can't ever go back. Yeah. And that's when I I try to guide my kids. Any kid I coach, I don't coach them the sport that I'm coaching. I try to coach them up in general. You get yeah. that stuff that they don't get to hear. I don't want them to hear it their senior year of high school. I want them to it's, hear it, it at a younger age. I can see that you're almost like, hey, trying to keep them to what happened. Like, keep them away from what happened to you. Yeah. And well, right? I mean, that's, that's, that should be everybody's. You mm-hmm. mean, we're all, we all live our lives to a certain path. You get right. Me? And when we eventually have our own kids, kind of try to avoid those, those hiccups and bumps and bruises that we went through try to guide them away from that you get me and it's like i tell my son look i know what it takes to get to college as an athlete right but at the end of the day what i'm trying to teach my son now is work ethic yeah obviously being an athlete only got me to college it didn't get me through college right that's where work ethic comes in i want to ask you man because that work ethic has has that's probably gonna be the title of the of this this episode but uh (laughs) That that came from your dad, right? So, uh, is that uh, the only role model you had as far as work ethic, or someone else had an impact on you? No, I actually look. Uh, my grandfather is a big role model in my life. Uh, I've always had a good relationship with my dad. Um, I, I was probably a mama's boy. I was the first grandson on my mom's side. Right. I was the oldest grandson. Um, I was the only grandson, so I was kind of like 
always with my grandparents. Yeah. So I ended up growing with, growing up with my grandparents and my grandpa. My grandpa. I learned a lot from my grandpa. My grandfather. He he was a military, a veteran. And he served. Um, so that's where he came. That guy worked for for Time Warner, Paragon Cable. Back when it was Paragon, I don't even remember when it was Paragon. Yeah, Paragon Cable. We're yeah, actually right here. Close we're by. actually close by. And he grad he retired graduated. He retired thirty five years. He worked there. And I remember when I was little, every Friday I was ready from I, would, I actually went to Milton Elementary. Yeah. So every Friday at three three p.m. If I didn't have any sports, I was ready to go at my house. He would pick you up because my grandma would be there, ready for me to, to take me to the ranch. And we had a ranch, and I would go, and my grandpa would get out at five, and we we had to be ready to go because we were we were at the ranch by six. Wow. Yeah. So. Uh, and then, yeah, no, no, and you could see their influences on you. Um, I don't think I've ever seen you print during the day, man. Probably once a couple months ago that I went for some shirts, right? <laughs> but usually your your work is at night and it's and it's got to be tough. Uh, tell me about building the team, right? So like Prodigy Tees, I know I saw I saw the signs outside, right? You got you got Andy, um, who's a photographer, right? You got Sketch, the designer, and then like well you, right, leading mm-hmm. the screen printing and all that. Like tell me about that. How did that come about? Let me start off with the name. A lot of people kind of like white prodigy or anything. Yeah. What made you come up with that? Being again, being an athlete, it's kind of like my. I always tell my when I first has my first son, they would always tell me like, he's. I would always tell my wife he's gonna be my little prodigy. So one time I looked it up and I realized I was like, I didn't know what it meant. It just sounded cool. You get me? Yeah. Oh, he's gonna be my little prodigy. You thought it was a rock band prodigy. So um, I think it was rock. Actually, there is a rock band. Every it is, I, dude. I, I don't know if it's rock, but I remember that. Every time I them. tag my stuff on Instagram, yeah, or they right. tag their stuff on Instagram, it comes out on my Instagram. Yeah, dude. It was in the 90s. But So the name behind it, it's kind of like Prodigy stands for something unique, okay. monster, something you don't see every day. So it's kind of like when I got Prodigy, I was like, you know what? That's my stuff. That's going to be mine. So I just took over it. Actually, it's crazy. Like Before I got into screen print. Yeah. When I was back at Baseball Express, uh, some of my coworkers and I, I would always have, I like EDM music. Yeah. Right? And at the time, it was really big. So I would always tell these guys, I'm going to make a concert. I'm going to take a chance and this and that. And that's kind of like how I got into the whole business side of it. I lost twice. Like, I did the two concerts, one in San Antonio and one here. Who was it? Uh, you were br- Oh, you were bringing DJs. Well, the first one I ever did, I wasn't really the main contact. What I did, I just invested. Okay. I gathered money that I had from work, and I invested it with a friend of mine. And we actually did it at Club Rio, but it was a oh, yeah, I remember that. Club Maroc. It was the one outside. and had a little strip. It was a pool and stuff like that. And they do, they brought uh, Alex DJ Alex Pease from Chicago. Okay. And they ended up bringing him. And, I mean, I heard his music. I liked it. And the guy was like, yeah, man. Like, I was like, investing. I was like, I barely even have... <laughs> 400 bucks in my account like i don't even have money saved up but i told my wife you know what the guy explained to me how it worked so kind of talked to my wife i always had to talk to her because you got i'm it. one bro i know i'm one to take chances but she was kind of like nah, you, you sound show dumb. check you yeah she's like you sound dumb right now you don't have money to pay the light bill <laughs> right. so i was like you know what so i told her and she was like well, what do you think and i was like you know what actually what i did was i got my title for my jeep got a loan and they gave me the money and I was like, I invested it. And you and you lost it. 
Well, I didn't lose my Jeep. I had to pay it back. No, I know, but you lost the money. Like, yeah, yeah, you I didn't get anything back. Yeah, I didn't get anything back. So, long story short, I was like, you know what? That kind of left the, that, you get me? I'm, I'm not going to just quit and failure. You get me? Yeah. Like, you know what? Let me go back home. Let me try a concert in Laredo. <laughs> That's so when you moved, that's when you moved down here. No, I was no, I was still living up there. Oh, so you you just drove down and said I'm gonna well, try. I mean, my I was always from here. My family lives here, so I would always come visit. But it was hanging out with my friends, yeah, yeah. and we would go to F Bar and all these clubs. And it was always electro music, right? right so, so like you know what, I would see the concerts that people would do here. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna bring a DJ from from Chicago. And he's playing house music, and it was uh, shit, I don't even remember the DJ's name anymore. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie something. So I remember there's probably like about 50 people. <laughs> and I rented out Paseo Real. Yeah. Bro, it so was, it's like it thousands, was, right, to rent it out? No. Well, what? back then it was it had just opened up. So I uh, kind of like. Oh, okay, made a deal. Yeah, I made okay, a deal. Okay, okay, got it. We, it, was, it was, we made a little contract. So they ended up, we ended up working together. And it was kind of like, I just, one thing I made sure was like, you can't owe money to anybody. So. Yeah. The money that came in, it was kind of like I paid off the DJ, and then I paid off the, the, um, the the venue, the venue, and I was left with like, and actually I ended up paying out of pocket like two hundred bucks for the venue, cause I didn't even have enough. So, it so was you lost second, it twice, twice, and then you uh, got, and then I was like, you know what? I gave it up. So I gave up that part, and then going back to San Antonio and talking to my coworkers in the screen print shop yeah they're like nah man you can't give up you can't it was kind of like and we were just always while we were working we would always be jamming out but just throwing out ideas like hey what do you think like would it be made this shirt or yeah you know if you made this con just different ideas you get me and one of my friends he was became i still have him on facebook i haven't seen him in a while though but rodney he moved from boston to san antonio um african-american short guy accent and from up yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so it was it was me and him kicked it off really cool, and, and, and we would just share ideas, like, hey, I would do this up there. And he had his shop, so I started asking. I started picking his brand, like, so how, what would you do up there? Like, how much are the shirts up there? How much would you charge? And the different prices from Texas to uh, upstate up Boston, New right. York, and all that. And we just started nitpicking, and he had, I remember he was offering me, me his stuff because he all had it in his storage a whole shop yeah. set up in a storage up in Boston. He was like, we can just go pick it up. And me, real quick, I was like, okay, who do I have in Laredo that would drive me up there? And I have family members that own trucking business. So I would talk to my uncle, hey, dude, like, how much would you charge me to bring a hose? And they're like, what? Like, I don't even have trips over there. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it's because I want to buy this and this and that. And it, never, it never came through, but it kind of ignited something, you get me? So that you wanted, and you yeah. had Prodigy in mind yet, or no? Not yet. Not okay, yet. so then you come up with a with a name. Actually, Prodigy came when my son came when he was. Yeah, born. yeah, yeah. He was born back in two thousand nine, but Prodigy never came through until like he started getting more involved. He started playing sports at the age of two, so right. He didn't. He like he was. I always had in mind. He was like he was. He was my little Prodigy. I never used Prodigy for anything else. You get me? It was always just him. You get me? So. I was, I was when 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 so when we started working onto the prodigy side of it, it was it was it just took off on its own. Um, I remember reaching out to Sketch. I was still working in San Antonio, and I remember running to Sketch playing flag football in the adult league. Yeah. And Sketch couldn't play that much. 
Yeah. I, I hope he doesn't see this. But nah, yeah, right? No, nah, no, nah, he's a really good He could athlete. draw better than he plays? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, yeah. That guy, <laughs> yeah, he'd be in the Super Bowl if it was drawing. <laughs> but, no, that nah, he could. He, this guy, like, I remember talking to him, and he had ideas, too. You give me, but I would do the shirt side, and I suck at art. Yeah. And it's like, I can't draw. Like, I'm not that creative. So... I remember reaching out to Sketch, and we tried it once, but it never worked out. We could never get anything, because he was over here. I was in San Antonio, so it never really worked out. And we would always stay in contact and stuff like that. So um, back in San Antonio, I already had that, working out of a garage. This is my third job in screen print. Actually, well, let's go back. Yeah, yeah. At Stitch Master, I actually quit my job. Being there two years. My wife got my wife in. Yeah. And then she ended up being my boss. So I ended up quitting on her. You didn't like that? No. I still don't like it, but I can tolerate it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah, she's kind of like the check. She's yeah. Uh, so guy. so this was the, the, my second job. That's it. Yeah, and then Prodigy Tease is your third time at it? Fourth. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah, so from, from Stitch Master. I, I already had my shop. That's the guy that told yeah. me to hit up this guy that right. he would give me some work and stuff. So from there, I told my wife, you know what? Let's 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 try this out. I had just recently got in a house in San Antonio, so I was like, you know what? Let's try this out. Let me. I'm gonna quit, all right? Because you're my boss. Yeah. I can't take that. <laughs> so you handle your stuff and stay working there, and I'm gonna go work from the house. And she was like, all right, let's give it a try. I go, we got work coming in. We can do it. And she was like, sure, sure. So, yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> nice. Two months into it, I was like, shit, I'm already falling behind in the light bill. Yeah. And, and I mean, with one paycheck and screen print, it's tough, man. It's Being a small business is tough. I, I give credit to anybody who has a business because that's what a lot of people don't realize. And it, it's funny that I'm going to bring this up, but. Kind of like that scenario right now, and it just happened a few weeks back. They were trying to make, they started a GoFundMe for Kylie Jenner to be the first, the youngest billionaire. People with no money were donating a girl that has millions of dollars. Wow, yeah. So she, you get me? So when they see that, it's kind of like, when I see that, it's kind of like, wow, they're so quick to give money to someone that they never met. But if I was to sell them something and they know me, they're going to question every little detail about like my did stuff. you print it right especially with screen yeah any yeah, any business it's like that anywhere you go but yeah i mean you see, yeah. you see the thought so it was tough and and i ended up quitting and then it got to a point to where my wife she we ended up she ended up getting pregnant yeah with with our second child and i was like yeah. oh it's like damn another child i didn't have a job work was inconsistent so i told her you know what she was like i'm gonna have to quit you're gonna have to find a job. So I was like, all right. So I landed on my third job, which was uh, Big Star Branding, and that's where that's where the numbers kicked in, and that's where I learned a lot. From, the business side, yeah, of it. the business side of screen print, just because the hustle I learned it at Stitch Master, because that guy, like I said, we were work late. Yeah. If there's jobs, he would never say no to anything. As you can see, I'm working late tonight just because I can't say no. So I got that from him. Like he would never say no. He would never turn down. Like jobs. work is work. Yeah, work is work, and he's that. Just gotta work. So it was it was tough. You get me. And um, when I got to Big Star Branding, that's where kind of like the organized screen print was done. And I learned contract printing, and I learned it opened my eyes to screen print. 
The second job was more work, work, work to get money. You get me? But my third job, which was Big Star Branding, was like, okay, this is art yeah. of, of screen print. And the reason I say it is because there was a lot of older people there, like Joe, old man Joe, we would call him. But that guy was still using Photoshop CS4. I was doing color separations like no tomorrow, bro. Like, by hand, manually. And I actually introduced when I met, well, I had already met Sketch, and we were with the idea that we were going to start something, him yeah. over here and me over there. And I actually, he actually drove up there one time to the shop. and I Just showed to him, learn. I showed him the shop, and I showed him, like, look, this is what we can do. I have some stuff at the house that I'll show you and stuff like that. And I introduced him to old man Joe, and old man Joe was like, yeah, man, like, he's good. You all, sh- you all should be able to do it. So Sketch started bringing out his stuff, and Joe was amazed, but Joe could bring back a one-inch-by-one-inch one picture to life. Lowest resolution, like that guy could do work wonders. Hey everyone, so we'll get back to the interview in a bit. We're going to get into this segment, which is the question of the show segment, where I ask you, the listener, a question that you know you're able to ask yourself and that hopefully leads into some self reflection and some empowering thoughts, attitudes behind it to get you moving on this journey of life. So the question of the show is, who makes you a better person? And as you think about that, just think about those moments in life where you've been the best version of yourself and who you were surrounded with. And if you see from Chente's story, he's been surrounded by good people developing him at work or those supporting him as he built up his shop. So just ask yourself, who makes you a better person? And now we're back to the show. It seems you worked with a couple of people that inspired. Yeah, Prodigy Tees. And then you have Sketch over here in Laredo waiting for... Or working with you, not waiting. Because when did you decide finally? I'm gonna. What, what what brought you back to Laredo? Actually, what brought me back to Laredo was back in 2015. I lost my dad, and it was kind of like a bittersweet move, just because I was always skeptical about coming back to Laredo. I always wanted to, because I already had my kids, my son. I was real proud of what I did in Laredo as far as high school sports yeah. and all that. And Laredo's a town, a city where it's real. You know people, you, know, you can get your way around. Out of, yeah. out of here, it's it's really tough. Right. And um, I'm a person to make friends really quick. So coming back, man, I knew there was coaches. I had work from Laredo that I was producing while I was hands-on. Screen print work. So I was printing for school, some school, high schools here. I was screening for Nixon Booster Club when I was in back in... 2012 when you were in san antonio wow i was in san hey so antonio. you did you quit your job to come back yeah i actually just from one day to another man. but what, what was it i and sorry about the loss of your dad um, yeah but um was it that that made you you're I like actually, i'm just you didn't yeah. know what to do or what no it's not that i didn't know what to do the thing was my thing was i was always, like i said like i mentioned i was always skeptical as far as coming back but and my wife was one to always say 
Let's go back. No. Oh, not we're go back. Never yeah, going yeah, yeah. back. Yeah. Like I, we wanted to stay as far as way from Laredo as possible. And I remember having a conversation like a couple of days after, and I was talking to my boss, the right. owner of the company over there, because at this time I was already the supervisor at Big Star Brand. So I was the supervisor at, at the shop. So I yeah. was running the shop. And she, she has a contract with $2.4 million contract that wow. I had to take care of. Yeah. You get me? So that's kind of like where I learned my whole business side of it. But um, You were talking to her. And we, were, we were talking to her, and, 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 and I told her, like, you know what? Like, this is happening. Um, and I had conversation with my wife, and I'm thinking of not going back to San Antonio. And she was like, what? No, you can't. Like, I, it was at a point where it was high season. You just know it, man. Right yeah, inside, so, you just and, knew it. And I was like, you know what? And the funny part, it was my wife that brought it to yeah. me. A person that always told me, we're not ever going back. Like, don't even bring it up. So when it happened, it was like inside me, I was like, why come back now? You get me? Like, well, I, well, I wanted to come back. I wanted to come back when my dad was around. Yeah. You get me? But something inside me told me, you know what? You need to go back. Yeah, I need to go back. So... We came back and 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 like I said, it was April. He passed away April twenty seventh, two thousand fifteen, and I was here for two weeks. I was here for two weeks, and I remember going back to work for like two days, and I couldn't talk. My kids and my wife stayed here, and I couldn't take you. Know, like, but you what know, what was it? Your mindset or what? To come back? No, like what was it that like you weren't connecting? Well, I couldn't. I couldn't just focus in my work. Was it because I knew? Okay. M- I was staying at my mother-in-law's house, but my kids and my wife were over here. Oh, I see. You get me? So I was just kind of, I was like, we knew, we kind of made our set mind that day, that drive back to San Antonio that night. Uh, when we were coming back after being two weeks away, she told me, you know what, we should just move back. And I was like, so we talked about it the whole two hours on the way back to San Antonio. And we were kind of convinced by then that, you know what? It's time. We're moving back. You get me? And one thing that, like I said, we, I've always made friends everywhere I go that's just my personality you so know? you got home and, and and she didn't have friends in San Antonio oh okay yeah, I, see, so I see what always, you're saying it was always with yeah. my friends so her friends were over here so I was like you know what if that's what she wants like let's do it like, so you get you, you get here and, and you're like <laughs> what are you gonna do you, you have Actually, no job when... I had no job I had just literally quit and uh, so I moved and I moved down and we ended up moving to my grandma's house, and I have we had just re- we had the house for like three years in San Antonio. So we ended up going to the bank, kind of like just you know what we don't want the house anymore, this and that. So we went through all that deal too. It was just a of lot selling of, it, or you just left it. We sell. We sold okay, it okay, back. got we it. Sold it back. So um, it ended up working out, but like I said, it was it was just a big you know what. Let's leave. And it was kind of just on automatic. So when we came back, we went to my grandparents' house. And we were there about a month, a month and a week. And you're trying to figure all this stuff out. Yeah, we're trying to figure out all this stuff. And we're there. And our, at this point, I had already talked to Skeds. We knew we, what we wanted to do. So I knew I had to set up somewhere. Because I remember I was already printing for schools. And right, yeah. And it was hard because I was always in San Antonio. So shipping to them and all this stuff. Now that I was here, I started making contacts, calls to coaches, my previous coaches at Nixon that were scattered out the Laredo. Is that where you started? Yeah. You start with who you know, right? Like, yeah, you always. How many contacts did you have when you first got back? Like, I know you're printing for schools, but how many contacts? Was it a couple coaches or? The thing is that 
most of the coaches that were in Nixon were scattered out. Some were at Alexander. Oh, so you had access to at, most of the schools. Yeah. So I knew I knew I had access to most of the schools. And to this day, I have a really close relationship with some of these coaches. Like, it's it's not to where I send them an email or and hope they respond. It's kind of like I text message them, hey, coach, this and that, or they call me and stuff like that. Hey, I need some shirts like yesterday. So I try to help these guys out. I just don't. You give me it's it's a really close relationship bond that we build. So, aside from the friendship, it's we have the business in between too. So, it was it, it worked out because I had a lot of contacts. Yeah. So you started and so where did you set up shop? My dad, before he died, or before he passed away, he built like a little. It was a room for my brother in the back of my mom's house because right. where I live, we live in La Steca. Yeah. You mean that's where I grew up? Okay. Not I didn't grow up there, but. I lived my junior, my senior year there. And um, we grew up in Azteca. It's over here where it smells bad. Yeah. In Laredo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that area. Yeah. I don't want to say what they call it, but it's kind of funny. But, yeah. Um, yeah. We live over there. And at the first, the, when we when I set up shop, I had it outside, man. Like literally under a roof with no walls, nothing. I had it outside. And we screen print any little hair particle, yeah. dirt. <laughs> Screens go to shit. You yeah. So it was real hard for me. I had to like kind of like. So you went, were you under restroom. a tree or what, bro? No, I was literally <laughs> under a roof, bro. Like just a little roof with no walls. And I would motion at my grandma's restroom, burn the. I would literally get my. To burn the screen. Motion's a chemical, right? The blue, that, yeah, 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 yeah. The blue chemical. And then I would get. Uh, to burn the screen, I would put it on top of my grandma's camera on my grandma's <laughs> table. Make everybody turn off the lights, burn the stuff, and again, I'm the favorite. My, yeah. my grandma, and my grandpa's favorite. Yeah, these are my cousins. Just y'all know, y'all know this already, anyway. So, <laughs> I'm the favorite, so they would do what I would say. You get me, especially because I was working. Right. So my grandma's one of those like, Chant is doing this, so turn off everything. Like he needs no light. So she was always there, and that's someone that. I kind of like, we got really close because my grandma's like, she's a little energizer bunny, man. She would be up there with me three, four in the morning. And I have people to like, and you're talking about a place where if you if you think it's hot outside at 110, 109, yeah. y'all don't know what it is to be hot in a room with an oven yeah. in the second floor. You're talking about like, no, it was just, it was hot, man. It was hot. I had Andy and Sketch sometimes work up there they wouldn't stop by there during the day at all it was at night it was always at night and it was and dude you can ask so that, that, and it that was probably always, that probably created this i print at night thing like where you right you've been printing you were I printing at print night at, yeah i always yeah. i've always felt print at night just because it's really hot laredo's, laredo's how hot's a, how hot's that oven when when you're i have the oven set up at 950 degrees <sighs> but again it has the well, yeah, the filtering, yeah, so it doesn't feel as hot. You get me, but that that just imagine carrying something like this. It wasn't that big, but something like that to the second floor. That machine, that table, yeah. to the second floor through stairs. <laughs> so what I did, that was my brother's room. When I moved down to Laredo again, I'm the favorite. Yeah, I kicked him out of his own room. And you're like, he, I'm gonna use this room. He went to my mom's, like inside my mom's house, because he was like, oh, I'm cool. I have my own room upstairs. Him yeah. and my two, my two brothers. So I ended up kicking them out. They went back into my mom's house, and I ended up using that as my business. 
And wow. So how long were you there? For like a month and a well, actually more, because the business stayed there. Dude, how how big how big was the room? If you look at it in terms of feet, I know I wanted I want to tie this picture for people. It was probably about a wall. It was probably about ten feet. Okay. With, with about twenty feet. Yeah, so like two hundred yeah. square feet, right? Yeah. You give or take. Yeah, two hundred square feet, and now we're sitting in eighteen hundred square, square feet, feet man. Yeah, man. So from that, okay, so you get going there, and um, how do you get out? How do you? Well, by this time, I had when when once we got set up, and we had an actual location, we had our, I had already partnered up with Sketch, and my mentality again, I'm coming from San Antonio. Right. I was I was always done contract printing, and I've always done like everywhere I worked at, they offered everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't screen print. They had offered a little bit already. So I would talk to Sketch, and then Andy, be my cousin, I was like, yeah. he was a really good photographer, and he was well known. So I was like, you know what? We need to work with. Him. We need to bring Andy. You get me? So he'll do the the photography, and somehow, some way, everything will tie back into each other. And sure enough, and then with Sketch, man, Sketch designs are his creativity is out of this world, man. It's it's, yeah, it's yeah. expensive. But <laughs> it's expensive, yeah, but it's worth it. Every it's worth it, yeah. every dollar, um, and. So now that you're managing this 1,800 square foot, right, um, shop, man, because I see it and it's like you got the screen printing, you got the umbrellas over there for photos, you got and you got sketch uh, two by four desk over here, two feet by four. <laughs> but uh, why? But, uh, why? Actually, but, no, but, we're gonna. We're, it, it's upgrade. He's gonna it's upgrade upgraded. three feet yeah, by four. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> So um, I feel with this TV, he's been asking. We already got the sofa in here, dude. Tell me, tell me what what has made Prodigy T successful. I don't think you can call it success, man. Okay. Not yet. We're not satisfied. We're nowhere near where we want to be. So we can't say we've been successful. Yeah, we've done good. We stuck around. I love that man. We've stuck around. We've never given up. I think that's one thing that's has kept in. And, and and it's funny because just a few days ago, man, I felt like I wanted to quit. I just just give up everything. Why? Just because it, it, it. That's what a lot of people don't realize. It's kind of like they see this. They see oh, he's printing, five hundred shirts. He's printing a hundred shirts. He's making a lot of money. Yes, it's not all that. It, you get me? It takes a lot, a lot of time, a lot of thinking, a lot of strategizing, a lot of time away from. The only thing that keeps me going, and it's sad, is just because I get to step away, just for stuff like this, for my yeah. son's game, my daughter's games, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, like you get Family to have your events, own schedule. Yeah. yeah. That's the good thing about this. You get me? And sometimes it causes for me to come work at night. You get me? Because I'm not, I can't say I've been successful, but one thing we can't say, we've never given up. You get right. me? We're not perfect. We we, we have had our, our bad hiccups. We yeah. we know we've, we've, uh, we haven't came through for a lot of our clients. Yeah. You get me? I'm not afraid to say that. I mean, we're a company that's growing. We're something that, we're perfecting our craft. Right. You know I mean, this is something that it's, 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 we just, like one of my coaches would always say, we just got to keep chopping wood. Yeah. You get me? You keep chopping wood. Chop. Metal, uh, metal sharpens metal. You get me? So I love it, that, it, it's kind of like, we can't, we can't, you can't give up. So it's like I tell these guys, a lot of times it's kind of like, I'm in a slump. You get me? And these guys pick me up or something happens that it just kind of triggers something. You get me? It's, it's, uh, could be faith it could be i see something positive in something you know I me mean? right now one thing that i'm trying to work on is my craft myself 
just my my mind positive thinking yeah. on on it's always seeing the good thing about everything that comes my way regardless if it's negative because as bad as it is um we actually had to get to spot through negativity you get me we turned it into positive that's all it was yeah i know you were facing a couple of things i remember when you told me you had to get a shop and yeah. but you landed in at in san bernardo and like here in laredo that's uh one of the main streets and yeah so I, i love that you say you haven't like um you can't call it success but you've been getting through it um and that you talked about the burnout right or like the, you wanted to quit um i'm sure it's not the first time you wanted to quit nah. uh, so many times in the garage yeah man, man I, i'm sure how do you how did you keep when you were in the garage because i still remember visiting your your garage yeah. that wasn't the first location you were at but i remember you were trying to get something to work right and and uh this was what like a year ago to fill the listeners in like um that's probably when i'm i met you uh a year and a half we met through me through meerkat yeah meerkat so it was meeting. like a year and a half, two years almost where yeah. we met like very but i remember um when you when you had the the garage and i visited and dude you were going through a lot of stuff right and you're like i want to get it to work and but what kept you going like what because i had a vision you get me my vision's always been bigger than than my expectations you get me it's always been you get me i get something done and i'm like it's nah, it could be better so you give me it's always it's always been it's always led those little short-term successes that you have has always led to something else yeah you get me so um it's just it's just been it's been tough man <laughs> it's been crazy just how, to see how far like it's because you're bringing up how we met about yeah. a year and a half two years ago and i've been in those two years you've been through two two garages yeah and our studio you get me and there's people that have helped me out along the way it's like i haven't done it by myself like my wife sketch andy my grandparents just a lot of role models a lot of people that i've talked to yeah um they've helped out tremendously you get me a lot of a lot, there's there's different people that i could so you you always had that backbone in a way to yeah. keep keep you going and my wife especially she's She's one tough cookie. You get me? She's yeah. someone that that's really, really. They say, man, behind what is it? Behind every strong man, there's a stronger woman. So yeah. that's good. And, huh? and she, sometimes she even intimidates Sketch and Andy too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Where they want to run out of the shop. Yeah. Um, slacking. <laughs> they see her coming. They pretend they're working. Yeah. <laughs> but they're working. No. Yeah. Hey, it's been is, is she run? Is she in part of the business now? Right now, she's actually working for Laredo Main Street. Oh it's, yeah, that's true. That's true. You had, you had brought me up and stuff like that. So yeah, it's she's doing something that she likes. Uh, it's she runs. She organizes a farmers market. So that's her deal. That's that's her stuff. My stuff is this. It's not giving up on this. Nice. I wanna I wanna ask you um, to give advice, right, for those people that wanna start, um, whether it's screen printing, like what need to like start a screen print shop. What are the first things you would do? Is it learning the skill or buying the machine? It's not really learning the skill because nowadays you can learn it through YouTube. You get me? It's through yeah. trial and error. Actually, the way I got my first machine was because a guy quit. He thought screen print was easy and he couldn't even motion a screen. So he had two screens gone to waste he never reprinted one shirt 
and he put it up on Craigslist. So it's not for everyone. It's really not. And this guy was he had Photoshop. He gave me everything, a laptop, a printer. Everything I needed. <laughs> he, like, he was yeah. you, the the you from a couple of weeks or a couple of days ago that wanted to quit that. Yeah. But he actually did it. Yeah, he he, he actually, well, I'm already far deep into his Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just those thoughts. Everybody gets those thoughts. We're like, you know what, man? But he did you? it. This guy did it. You end up with your... So what what do you do next? You 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 get the screen print the screen printer. It's learning learning the technique, man. Which nowadays you can learn a lot through through YouTube. You get me, and if you all want to learn, y'all are more than welcome to set up. That's why we kind of kept this open. I concept. saw that. I see that you have like a, a we glass. We kept this. We kept this open concept. It's not a secret. You get me. We're not trying to hide our techniques or stuff that we do. There's screen print is out there. You get me. You want to learn it? You you find ways to learn it. That's awesome. You get me? So, and with the reason, another reason we did it was because a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into it. Yeah, and they'll me? see it. So, yeah. I like when, it. When they, when they see it, I mean, if you're doing it behind closed doors and you're just trying to present, like, oh, the nice shirt that you do just printed, no, let them see the sweaty part. Let them see, <laughs> let them see all the stuff that you go through that you got to pause for pinholes or this stuff, trial and error on the machine. Because, I mean, even at that with the new machine, we still have our hidden yeah. And you share a lot of the process of like where where can they follow you and your journey right now that you're building this Prodigy through Snapchat. Tees. A lot of the Snapchat is where you can follow me on Prodigy Tees just through Snapchat. That's where I post a lot of my work. Okay. Or Instagram. I'm trying to get into Instagram. At first, I finally did my first live video uh, here ever. You get me? How did and that go? That, we got two views. It was nice. I was, I was excited. <laughs> Hey, no, no, no. If, if it's one person paying attention, it's one good. of them was me. So from another phone, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, was it you? <laughs> no, nah, it wasn't. It's no. like that person goes live, and there's like five other phones, phones. in the room. <laughs> yeah, it was. No, that's good, man. So they could follow you on Snapchat, and then they could. You're gonna start getting into Instagram. Hey, but how I ended, right? Because I think you took me through. Uh, your journey, where you're at right now, and I just see it growing, right? I've seen it grow over the last two years, three different places, but this one's 1,800 square feet, man. You got a really nice thing going on here. And we got a um, contract. And, it, and, and it's actually, it, and it's actually the first time I visit. You had been inviting me, right? And and Sketch invited me, but I wanted it to be when I interviewed you. And um, it's because I'm not a hey, good friend. Hey, but I get it. And no, and the feeling of, of I, I told you before we started recording that it's a, a dream made reality, man. You, you, I know you got bigger vision for yourself, but this is like, you you own a shop and it's it's an awesome building and and I really like it. So one thing I end with is you're gonna give just advice on how people find what it is that makes them happy or how to do what's what's their passion, right? So your own thoughts and you're gonna get the final words there at the end i usually interrupt and say and we're signing out but other than that you're gonna uh give them advice or so uh i wanted to share hey just uh sharing your journey today like um i didn't know a lot of those details like what you went through over there in san antonio going through three different screen sh uh screen print businesses and then the fourth being prodigy T's finally your first one so i think um it's going to inspire people that are listening and that are trying to start this, but it's also a reality check for people that want to start a business. Like it's not all how they say rainbows and unicorns. Like there's a lot of down downs and there's a lot of uh, times where you got to get through it. But you like what I could tell you is that one, you're networking. Like 
you, you you just have it i've seen coaches stop by like at your old shop like in the in the truck and like hey gente and i don't think that comes easy so that's awesome i think it, it tells people the type of person that you are you got a big card and that's why i wanted to interview you uh not so much to learn about the screen print business but your journey man i know it's something that you're always growing and uh, you never fail to send me a text or a little Snapchat comment or something on my story where you're very appreciative of anything that anyone shares. And those are the things that I think allow you to build awesome relationships. So thank you for, for allowing me to come in here and kind of interview you, giving me an hour or two. I don't know how long it's been, but um, sorry for time. running late. And uh, it's all right, man. And <laughs> so uh, how would people find their passion and start doing what makes them happy? What's your advice? To find your passion, you gotta feel it in the heart. You get me? It, it, it's and it's weird, but and I'm gonna say it because I say it all the time. This is something I got really good at. It's not my passion. My passion is football. My passion is sports. That's my passion. But so I got really good at this. You get me? And I started realizing that you know what? My goal is to always become a coach. So I was like, okay, this has kept me in relationships with coaches. I have good communication. I get to, I get to, every time I go, my wife hates for me to go drop off anything, anywhere, cause, or just to go pick up anything, because I'm going to make a conversation. You get me in it with sports. So to find that, it's kind of like, y'all got to find something that you're really good at. Let me say that. Because if you find something that you're really good at, it's going to hard to, it's going to be hard to give it up. You get me? Because passion, passion's all, you're always going to love it. You get me? But if you're good at something and people credit you for stuff, it's kind of like, that makes you feel good. You get me? So when you get good at something, it leads, it, you're going to want to get better. And get, by the time you know it, you built a craft that, that makes people like, oh, wow, this guy is really good. You get me? So I guess it becomes a passion within a while. But I don't want to say... You gotta feel. You gotta. You gotta love it. You get me. You gotta love it. You gotta see where what you're chasing, and don't write. I'm not a person to write anything down. I just take chances. It's. It's. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it's like I, I've always told my wife. I'm never afraid to lose everything. Why? Because I know what it. I know what it took to get to where we're at. So I know I can make it back. Oh, I love that. You get me. I know I can get back. If I made ten thousand dollars and I lose them all, I know what it takes to make ten thousand dollars back. You get me? But it's to make 15000 what's going to be the goal. And then to get to twenty, But you can't be afraid to lose those fifteen again. And you can't hold on to those fifteen. You got to be afraid. You can't be, you got to risk it to get that, to get to that next step. You get me? So that's, that's something that you guys need to just, just work at it. It's just work. That's all it is. There's no secret to it. You put in the work, you make it. Nice. I love it, bro. Thank you. So well, we're done, you. man. How was it? It was nerve-wracking. <laughs> I think you're going to have to edit this. No, it won't. It's actually... I actually got a crap there. Dude. <laughs> no, but that's good. So I'm signing out right here.